Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. Over the years, I have been on this kind of like roller coaster of a journey to really help people with chronic pain. And it hasn't always been easy, you know, it, but it has been incredibly rewarding. And so I have learned a lot over the years working with people with chronic pain and as a chronic pain specialist. And so today I'm going to share with you the five elements that I've found that are required, the five things that you need to beat chronic pain. Okay, so I'm going to share that with you. But before I do that, I want to pause for just a moment to share something that's really, really important, an important announcement that I have, because I have something that for you that I really do not want you to miss. I don't want anyone to miss this opportunity. Okay, so I'm going to give one lucky winner a spot in my signature 16 week program, the chronic pain breakup method entirely for free. Okay. And right now I am accepting scholarship applications. I'll be accepting applications until March 19th, Friday, March 19th. So that means that the uh, application deadline is Friday, March 19th at 11 p.m. Eastern uh, Pacific time, almost at Eastern time, 11 p.m. Pacific time. And then after that, at that point, I will be sitting down by myself, likely uh, locking myself in a room um, with a box of tissues because I'll be reviewing all of the applications that I get. I'm gonna read every single one of them and then probably reread them multiple times. And then I'll have the nearly impossible task of picking just one winner based on those applications, okay? And then on Tuesday, March 21st, of next Tuesday, a week from today, I will announce the winner of this scholarship via email, okay? And so right now, like I said, if you're listening to this and you, it, it is, on the recording, if you're listening to this on the recording and it's still before Friday, March 19th, 2023, I'm giving you permission to pause this recording and head to the link that I'm going to leave uh, in the description and then fill out that scholarship application and make sure you submit it for your chance to be considered for this opportunity. Okay. I do this scholarship because I know how serious chronic pain is and how much of an impact it can have on your life and your spirit and your identity and your relationships and your career. And even though I'm dedicated to providing kind of this missing piece to the chronic pain care puzzle and kind of closing the gap in the healthcare system and closing the gap that the healthcare system isn't providing for you, I am just one person. Like I try my best to make this program accessible, but I know that it's just not possible for everyone to be able to make this kind of financial investment. And so that is why I do this scholarship. 
And so I want to give this scholarship to someone who I know will benefit from the knowledge and strategies that I share and teach in this program, someone who I am 100% confident that this will help them transform their life. And so I am very carefully going to screen every application to look for those who have the health history and the kind of pain that I know I can help them with, okay? And then I'm also going to be looking for someone who I know will commit to this process because ultimately this program is only it's only going to help those who are willing to sort of put in the work, right? Because I can show you what you need to do, but it only really works for those who actually do it and put it in, put in the effort and, and consistently implement the strategies that they learn, right? And so I'm going to give a scholarship to someone who I am confident that they are 100% committed and they're going to prioritize themselves and they're going to make this journey a priority. And then, you know, possibly for the first time ever, they're going to start to learn to respect themselves and their body and they're going to make that a priority. And so, yeah, you know, um, helping people with chronic pain for me is my calling. Like a long time ago, I actually heard a voice tell me, you know, you will do something big with chronic pain. And I believe that voice was the voice of God. And that's why, you know, I always say that chronic, I didn't choose chronic pain, chronic pain chose me. So this is a calling for me. And I believe that everyone has their own calling, right? I believe that you have a calling as well. And so the best part of my job is to help people remove the barrier of chronic pain that is preventing them from living out their calling and doing the thing that they were created to do, the thing that they were put on this planet to do. That really, to me, is what this is all about. Like this, that is why I do this work. That's why I do this scholarship. So do not disqualify yourself. Everyone has a fair opportunity here. Do not disqualify yourself and talk yourself out of applying by telling yourself that you're not deserving enough or that you are less deserving of others or that your pain isn't maybe as bad as others. Uh, do not disqualify yourself because of finances. Do not disqualify yourself because of the extent of pain or disability or severity of symptoms that you have. And don't disqualify yourself by saying that, you know, I'm too sick or I'm not sick enough or because you're not totally sure that this would that you would benefit from this approach or not. Okay. You can leave that part to me. Ultimately, I'm the professional. I'm the, I'm the person who screens everybody who joins my program. I'm the chronic pain specialist and I know what to look for and who I can help. And I can tell when uh, I have somebody that this will, this program will help and who, and I know who this program won't help. And so I'm going to, I'm not going to put somebody in my program if I'm not totally confident that it will help them. Okay. So this is an opportunity for anyone with stubborn pain to get the care that they've been missing completely for free. Okay. There is absolutely no reason you shouldn't apply. Okay. So go right now, do it right now, go fill out your application. The link is in the description and, and then pause this, wherever this recording, if you're watching on the recording and then come back later. Okay. The recording will always be here. That application will not. Okay. Now, with that being said, like I said, today, I want to share with you the five elements that I've found that are required, the five things that you need to be chronic pain. These essential elements are most of the time, the things that are missing from most people's care. They're the things that you oftentimes won't find in the healthcare system, yet they are the Thinking most important things to have on board as part of your pain care approach to actually find lasting, long lasting improvements in your pain. And despite how critical these five things are, no one teaches you this stuff. 
Like doctors don't take your pain seriously. They, they throw medications and risky procedures at the problem, but you're still searching for solutions, right? You're constantly thinking about your pain. You're constantly thinking about, you know, everything that you do, everything that you're doing and how it's going to affect your pain. You're constantly worrying if it's going to make your pain worse or, or how it's going to like, is it going to cause a flare up? And you're constantly having to decide, you know, well, if, you know, if I do this one thing, then I won't be able to do anything else. So you're kind of budgeting your time, you're budgeting your activities, you're budgeting everything that you have to do. And that in itself is draining your energy, right? And it sucks. It totally freaking sucks. It sucks. And so you end up searching for more answers because deep down, you know that there's more going on in your body, that it's not just stress. And you know that it's not just psychosomatic pain, although you're starting to kind of like maybe even gaslight yourself into believing that it is some kind of psychosomatic issue. But nonetheless, you deep down believe that something else is happening in your body. And so you start searching, you turn to Google, you turn to the internet, you turn to social media. And I know you guys are doing this. You're searching the Facebook groups. You're, you're asking about different procedures that you, you maybe have heard of. You're asking if anyone has ever tried these ablations or CBD or pain pumps you know, you're trying to figure this stuff out on your own. And some of you are the type where, you know, you like to research things fully, completely. You research, 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 research everything before you try anything. Like you have to know every detail before you do it, before you make a decision. So you spend so much of your time researching and looking for information because you have to have all the information before you get started. So some of you are like that. And then some of you are the type where you like to try some new things here and there. Like you are, you're the more of like the type who likes to do a lot more of the dabbling, right? So you're not really ever completely fully getting committed to one thing because you're always trying something new, right? Every week you've got some new gadget that's getting delivered to your house that you found on Amazon, or you've got a stack of books that you plan to read, but never really get past the first chapter, you're, you're probably part of like several different pain groups on the internet, on Facebook, and you'll try just about everything and anything, but never really fully dive in a hundred percent. There's so much of that trial and error going on and it's getting you nowhere, right? So something I'll say about this is that this actually holds you back from getting results, right? This is, this is a conversation that I actually have to ha often have with some of my paying clients who are already in my program and they're, they're in the program and they're still doing the searching, the dabbling and the trial and error while they're in the program. They've just invested in this program. And yet, as soon as they get there, they're already asking me, you know, Hey, Alyssa, like, what do you think about this drug? Or what do you think about this gadget for me? Or do you think that I should try this diet? Would I benefit from trying stem cell injections? right? They're so used to constantly searching and researching and investigating and doing this trial and error that even after they've made this investment to do my program, they're still looking. They're programmed to constantly be searching. They're already looking for the next thing while they're in the middle of something else. And what that does is it holds them back from fully diving into what's right in front of them. So I will have to have this conversation with some of my clients we, we have to have that conversation and I will have to ask them if this searching and this Googling and this investigating is really the best use of their time. Because oftentimes they need that extra push just to see that continuing to dabble in this way is only really like dragging their feet. It's holding them back from making progress. 
Okay. We oftentimes we have to have that conversation where, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I know you want to investigate if stem cells are an option for you. And I'd be happy to share with you my opinion on that. But what if, what if you follow the steps that I have outlined here for you and you spent your time implementing what you're learning here in this program, rather than searching for other alternatives while you're here? What if you did that and then you never actually needed those stem cell injections because you found that you actually could get better without them? What if that happened? Wouldn't that have just been a huge waste of your time? Just doing all the investigating and then realizing that you don't need them anyway because you have the plan in front of you already. So instead, let's focus on following those steps. I need you to just trust the process and resist the urge to investigate and dabble because that's because that's what you're so used to doing. And then we need to focus on just what's in front of you right now. So let's make that the most effective use of your time while you're here. So that's the kind of conversation I have to have with some of my clients. And that may apply to you, to some of you listening. So yeah, because yeah, I know that some of you are doing this kind of thing and it's time consuming and it's frustrating and you don't know what you don't know. And no one teaches you this stuff. And if you're overwhelmed with the different options that are out there and that are available and the different things that you, the different pieces of advice that you're constantly hearing, it totally makes sense to me that you'd be overwhelmed. And so that is why today I want to encourage you to take a moment to give yourself a moment to focus and just kind of press pause on all the other distractions and the 17 other directions that your brain is pulling you into so that you can focus in on this one thing and really take in what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Okay. And that is, and so today I'm going to be talking about, like I said, these five elements that are required to beat chronic pain. And I want to just say that this isn't just some like random list that I'm throwing together just for the sake of creating content. These are pieces, the pieces that I have found that are absolutely necessary to help anyone with stubborn pain get unstuck and start feeling better and to get their life back. Okay. Just to give you a little background, in case you don't know, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and I, I started out in my career working as an average you know, orthopedic physical therapist in an outpatient clinic at a university. And it was a great job. It was a good job. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, Sometimes I got to actually work with the athletes a little bit at the university, um, but mostly you know, I was working at your typical outpatient orthopedic clinic, helping patients rehab from their injuries and their ordinary aches and pains. And back then... You know, I thought that I had it all figured out as a physical therapist. I thought that, you know, the generic like leg lift exercises and the manual therapy things that we were doing as a PT that I was doing as a PT were like the secret weapons against pain. And I thought that I had like these magic healing hands and that physical therapy was what everyone needed in their life. And while I was, I, I to some extent still do believe that everyone, you know, could use a little physical therapy in, in their life. I quickly found that physical therapy was not the, the magic answer that I thought it was. And that generic exercises and the manual therapies and the modalities didn't work for everyone. And it was really actually quite frustrating for me as an achiever, as a perfectionist, as somebody who has really like built their career on trying to help somebody and then it wasn't working. It was hard for me to realize that this profession that I had seriously invested in and I seriously believed in wasn't the answer, especially when it came to people with chronic pain. But as, as somebody who never really says no to a challenge, I decided that I needed to do more research and I needed to get more training because if I needed, I personally needed to be a better provider. And if I wanted to be a better provider, 
that meant that I needed to learn how to help people with stubborn pain. And so I got certified in manual therapy. I, be, I became board certified in orthopedics. And I eventually did a program to become a chronic pain specialist. And what I learned in all of my training and all of my experience was that my patients with chronic pain were not all lazy or unmotivated and non-compliant with bad joints and weak muscles, as many of my colleagues would have believed. Um, and it wasn't that people with chronic pain were just exaggerating their pain or faking their pain for attention or trying to get out of work or that their pain was all stress-related or anxiety-related or it was all in their head. That was not what I learned, right? What I learned was that there was more going on biologically than what we could see with x-rays and MRIs. And that didn't mean that it was all in their head. And the best part was that what I learned about all of this was that we can address that part of the problem that involves the nervous system, especially when the tra traditional treatment methods like physical therapy weren't working. And so there I was, you know, in the clinic with all of this new information and I couldn't just sit around with this information and do nothing, right? Like I had this knowledge and a solution and I needed to share it. I needed to share it with people and my patients. And so it was, it was just too important not to share. And so you know, despite never seeing any of these techniques done in real life, I only read about them in textbooks and read about them in clinical studies and research studies, I had to step out of my comfort zone. And for the first time, I remember, I'll never forget it. I showed this stuff to a patient of mine and I showed her what, what I had learned and, you know, she was willing to try it with me and she shockingly got better. Like it's a, it shocked the hell out of me that she got better because she had been plateaued in her care with physical therapy, stuck at the same level for six months. There was, there was no changing anything that we had done because she had maxed out her benefit out of the physical therapy. And so after six months of being plateaued, we decided to try this new thing. And if only we had tried it sooner, if only I had the boldness to try it sooner, we could have saved that amount of time. But once I had that validation after working with that patient that it could work, you know, that led me to just go with it, right? Like this was, this was clear that this was a solution that could work. And so I had to run with it. I had the validation. And so I created my first pain program and it was an educational program for the U S army in, in an army hospital. And it was my very first iteration of a pain program. And so from there, because my husband was in the army, we moved around a lot. And so as we moved, every time we moved, I developed and cre or created a new version of a pain program at every clinic that I worked at over the years. And after our last move, you know, I ended up actually just deciding like, I no longer wanted to create a program for somebody else's clinic and try to create this program based on what I knew they needed, but also fit into what my boss wanted or what the clinic wanted. Um, and I, I didn't want to be restricted by the rules and red tape of the healthcare system and the insurance companies. And so I decided after our last move that I wanted to step out of the healthcare system and just create a program for people that had all of the elements that I, I knew were necessary, truly necessary to be successful with, these, with this program, with this approach. So over the years, while I have never liked moving as much as we did in retrospect, it ended up being a huge blessing because every time we moved, it meant that I could recreate the pain program. 
like and make it better and improve on areas that needed improvements and highlighting those areas that were working really well. And because I've had this unique experience and have I've been able to create multiple pain programs, I can tell you that I have really been able to figure out the exact elements that are absolutely necessary to include in your pain care approach. And I can say this because I have literally had to figure this all out for myself. I have seen what works and what doesn't work. And I've seen people try and do this process with one or two of these elements and not be successful, right? So what is necessary to beat chronic pain? Well, it boils down to five key elements, all right? Five key elements. And so element number one, you need a deeper understanding of the biology of pain and the role the nervous role of the nervous system in pain. Okay. Element number one, you need the knowledge. Okay. I've had lots of conversations over the years with people who have chronic pain. And I can tell you based on those conversations and based on what I know about the medical system, you have been misinformed about what's going on in your body and, or you haven't been informed at all. Okay. You need correct information. You need to know why you hurt before you can heal. You need to be given a complete picture of the type of problem that you're dealing with. You need the knowledge, you need the education. You need to understand the foundational basic science of how pain works in the human body and the basic, you need a basic understanding of the nervous system. You have to have this piece of the puzzle on board. And oftentimes the educational piece is, is more effective than the drills, than the tactics, than the strategies. You know, I have seen so many of my clients get into my program and within the first few weeks, they're already seeing improvements in their pain and their ability to function before they've ever done a single retraining drill. So many, many people, you know, they come to me and they say they just want to know the drills like Alyssa, you know, I don't want all the other stuff. Just tell me what I can do. Tell me what drills to do and I'll do it like and it's like, no, right. Actually, what you need to do is sit down and learn this stuff first. Because most of the time, it will have a profoundly positive impact on your pain before you actually do a single thing, before you actually do a single drill or strategy, okay? And so why is that? Well, why does that happen? Is it because it's all like some kind of placebo effect? Does it mean that the pain is all in your head? Is that it's all some kind of like mental thing? No, like, of course not. Like the pain is, of course, it's not all in your head. But what you need to understand is that the nervous system is so incredibly powerful. Its job is to protect you and keep you alive and keep your body intact. And so because it will do everything that it can to protect you, sometimes it gets too good at its job and becomes overly protective. And part of that need to protect comes from not fully knowing the nature of the problem that you're dealing with. Okay, so for example, you may have some pain that you can't that can't be fully explained by what's what your doctors have found on your x-ray or your MRI. And so you've never really fully gotten a good explanation for why you have all this pain. Or maybe you've gotten a whole bunch of different explanations, like every doctor and every specialist and every physical therapist and every guru online has a different explanation for why you hurt. And when we have all this conflicting information, it just sends you spinning, right? There's no clear explanation for why you hurt. So your body, or rather your nervous system, does what it does best. It protects you. It says, you know what? Since we don't know what we're really, what we're really dealing with, we don't really know what's going on here. That means that anything and everything could be dangerous. If we don't know what kind of problem we're actually dealing with, 
we don't really know what's safe and what's not safe. And we really don't know what's good for us and what's not good for us. So the nervous system ramps up its defense mechanisms to protect you because anything and everything could be bad. But the beautiful part about all this is that when we provide more information about the problem by filling in these knowledge gaps and providing information about what's really going on biologically, some of the mystery kind of melts away. It, de it demystifies pain and and it demystifies the problem that you're dealing with, takes it out of the shadows and brings it into the light. And thus the nervous system ends up having less that it needs to protect you from, right? It now has a better understanding of the nature of the problem and what, what is safe and what is not safe. And it can actually kind of lower its defense mechanisms, okay? So learning the neuroscience of pain actually has an influence on the activity in our nervous system. And I know how crazy that sounds. Like, you know, how can learning something actually change the activity in our nervous system? But without really going into, you know, the detailed science of all of it, what you need to understand is that the activity of our nervous system is not just influenced by our genetics and by having physical injuries. It's also influenced by other internal and external variables as well, like our thoughts and beliefs, our memories, the environment around us, and our current circumstances. And if it didn't do that, if it didn't adapt, if it didn't constantly change and adapt itself based on our thoughts and beliefs, our environments, et cetera, we wouldn't be very good at surviving. Right? We wouldn't be able to adapt to changes in our world when new threats are introduced, right? You know, you can kind of look at it this way. Like imagine if you had no idea what a spider was, as if that was possible, but imagine, and then one day you just got bit by a spider. Now, normally you would learn that spiders have a venomous bite. And you'd naturally, you'd learn to become more kind of jumpy and reactive at the side of the spider after you've gotten bitten. And you can kind of think of that as like, that is our nervous system learning for you as a means to survive. It's a survival mechanism. The nervous system learns and adapts and changes based on things that you encounter. But now if you can imagine, you know, if you've never learned, you got bit by the spider, but you never learned that you could, that these spiders had these venomous bites it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for our survival, right? For you to get bit by a spider, but then never change the way that you react or act around spiders doesn't make a whole lot of sense for our survival. So as a part of our survival strategy, our nervous system is always adapting and changing based on our thoughts, beliefs, and memories and experiences and all of that. And we can use that to our advantage when, we tr when we're trying to address chronic pain. Now, again, I know this sounds crazy, but learning about the biology of pain actually works to reduce pain on its own. Just learning about pain reduces pain because our knowledge and our understanding can actually influence what is going on in our nervous system. And not only that, having the knowledge of the biology of pain and the role of the nervous system, the role the nervous system plays in all of this you know, puzzle it gives you more clarity about the pain problem and it allows you to be more intentional and effective in your pain care approach. And so that is why in the chronic pain breakup method, we really dive into the science of what's going on in your nervous system so that you know why all of this is happening, why your body is so sensitive, why you have so much pain. And that way you have a deeper, you and your body have a deeper understanding, right? Knowledge is power knowledge is healing. And so yes, in order for you to be chronic pain, you need a deeper understanding of the nervous system and the role it plays in your pain problem.
And that is why this is the first element that I'm sharing today on this list of five essential elements that you absolutely need to beat stubborn pain. Okay, is this making sense? Are you getting this? Like, are you ready for the second essential element? Now, the second essential element you need that I've found that you absolutely need to be chronic pain, regardless of where your pain is at or how long you've had it. The second element that you need is a daily practice of simple nervous system retraining drills and strategies. Okay, without addressing the nervous system, we're gonna let a huge part of the problem go unsolved, okay? So what do you need to address the nervous system? Well, the answer isn't a simple drill or strategy. The answer is a whole system. It's a whole system. So I mentioned that the nervous system changes and adapts and it adapts as a means to help us survive, but those changes can become maladaptive and thus make our pain worse. But because our nervous system is constantly adapting, we can influence the activity in the nervous system to essentially change it back. Now, Here's really what the key is. There's, there's not just like one change that happens that's doing this in the nervous system. We know, we now know of several different changes that happen in the nervous system that need to be addressed. Each of them needs to be addressed. And that means that we need a different strategy or a different drill or a different approach to help us address, address each of those changes. We need a different drill to address each change that happens in the nervous system strategically. And so in order to retrain your nervous system, you're gonna need drills that help you address the peripheral nervous system that essentially retrain the nerves in your body to make them less reactive. And we can do that with what I like to call bottom up drills because they help to retrain your nervous system from the bottom up. And then you also, you're gonna need drills that help you to address the central nervous system changes as well. And that includes the brain and the spinal cord. And those drills will help to retrain the pathways for pain, you know, weakening them so that they're not so stinking automatic and, and then help to also strengthen up the processing power of the brain so that it can accurately or more accurately interpret the messages that it's getting from the body without overreacting. And we can do that with what I like to call these top-down drills top-down nervous system retraining drills because they can help you retrain the nervous system from the top down. And one point that I want to make sure that you understand here, because I mentioned that the brain's processing power is part of this, you know, part of this problem and the brain's ability to more accurately process information from the body is affected. That doesn't mean that this is a problem of your mind. It's not a thinking problem because this is the kind of thing that happens outside of our conscious control. This processing of information happens in the deeper parts of our brain, the caveman parts of our brain. So it's not within your conscious control or, or your conscious awareness. And that's why it's kind of silly for us to think that, you know, you can just talk yourself out of pain. You know, that may work to some extent for some people, but in the end, you're really just, you're gaslighting yourself and you're telling yourself that you're not in pain or that the pain that you feel isn't really that real. And that, doing that may actually end up ramping up your nervous system's defense mechanisms even more because you're telling your body, I don't want to listen to you. Like what you're saying isn't valid. And what it's going to do is just yell louder. So you need some retraining drills that help retrain your nervous system from the bottom up and from the top down. And then you're also going to want to make sure that you're doing what you can at all times by not pushing through pain or into pain 
And then at the same time, not completely avoiding things that have caused pain in the past. Okay. You do this with pacing. Okay. Pacing is a really important strategy for the nervous system is a really important element for nervous system retraining because it allows you to do the more pain provoking activities without provoking pain. Okay. So you can get stronger physically and build up your physical endurance, but also at the same time, weaken those automatic pain pathways, reduce the reactivity of the nervous system, teach the brain that those activities can be done safely without pain, and then strengthen the processing power and the processing ability of the brain, all right? So you need these nervous system retraining elements, the bottom-up techniques, the top-down techniques, and pacing. And, and so that is element number two, okay? Number three, or the third element that's required to be pain is you need a step-by-step -step plan in place that actually addresses how to retrain each individual change that happens in the nervous system one at a time. You need a strategic plan. Okay, you need to know what to focus on, what steps to take, what order, what order to take those steps in, and a solid framework that's easy to implement consistently. Otherwise, it will never work. You need a plan that is adaptable for your good days and for your bad days and when shit hits the fan, in a plan that can change with you as you grow and you progress and you get better, right? You need a plan that tells you what to do and why, so you never have to wonder what should I do? What can I do to prevent or manage my pain? You need a plan and a system that includes what to do when you start feeling better and how to progress in your plan when things don't go well and tells you exactly what to do when the pain flares. And then that plan needs to stand the test of daily life. It, you, it needs to be something that you can put into practice consistently in your everyday life, which means that it can't be too time consuming it can't be too hard. It has to be something that you can do every single day without a struggle. And it has to be adaptable, right? Because every day is not exactly the same. This isn't Groundhog Day, right? So you need to be able to adapt your plan. Because like, think about it, like, what do you do when you want to travel? What do you do during the holidays? What do you do when you have a really big stressful life event or life changes that have like things like having a baby, right? What do you do when you get a new job or when you move or you have a death in the family or all of a sudden you need to start taking care of an elderly parent or family member? And then what do you do when your routines change? Because our lives are constantly changing. Everyone is going through these seasons of life. And so our schedules change. Nothing remains constant. So how do we navigate those changes? Your pain care plan has to be adaptable and easy to follow so that you don't fall off the wagon when life throws you these curveballs. But also your plan has to show you exactly what you can do during those situations and navigate them without experiencing huge setbacks and flare-ups. And then having that step-by-step -step plan also takes out the decision fatigue. Because when it's planned out in advance, you have that framework, you have that plan, you have a strategy, it becomes routine. And routines are far easier to maintain than having to decide every single day. We can't rely on motivation and willpower. We can't, we can't rely on our deciding every day and trusting our emotions and trusting that we have the willpower and the energy to get through. But we can rely on systems and routines, okay? What's happening right now is you probably don't have a plan and it feels like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and maybe you're, you're researching and it feels like you're you know, trying to come up with a plan. But let me tell you, 
what you're doing with all this trial and error and you're throwing the spaghetti at the wall, what you're doing is implementing new tactics without a plan. When you try to implement new tactics without the system or the framework or the plan, you end up very quickly failing. Something will inevitably throw you off. Life throws you one of its curveballs because it always does. Or you move into a new season of life and something as simple as a schedule change throws you off completely. And you end up giving up on these new tactics and you move on and you go right back to where you started. And you you end up starting over again by searching and researching again. You're back at that beginning. This is the cycle of starting and stopping that we need to avoid. It's the huge waste of time. A huge waste of time, but not only that, it's a huge waste of hope because every time you try something new that doesn't work out, you throw it out like it's trash, like it's garbage because it didn't work. Just because something doesn't work when you try a new tactic, it doesn't mean the tactic was bad or that you you are bad or you failed or that you're a failure. It means that it wasn't implemented with a plan. And every time you try something that doesn't work out or you get, you, you know, you end up getting harder on yourself. You tell yourself that you're a failure. You blame yourself for not being strong enough or not committed enough or not regimented enough or not motivated enough. You beat yourself up over it. And you, and this kind of like self-talk is really toxic for you. It's, it makes you not want to try again. And I'll tell you, we want to avoid this cycle because it's not good for you mentally and it's not good for you physically. And it's not just a waste of your time. It's a waste of your hope. So this is why I'm telling you one of the five essential elements that you need to beat pain is having a plan, right? People ask me all the time to tell me what the drills are. They're so caught up in the drill, in the details. They get so caught up in all the details and the tactics and they, they worry about figuring out what the tactics are, but without a plan, Getting caught up in all these tactics is just distracting you from getting where you really want to go. Okay. You absolutely need a plan. I can't stress that enough. All right. So the fourth essential element that's required to be chronic pain is that you need an expert. No, you cannot try to figure out this all out on your own. You will fail unless you have a professional that you can ask questions to and get support and accountability from. And I'm not talking about the kind of expert guidance that you get from your doctor who gives you a few generic recommendations like, you know, eat healthy and exercise more and then sends you out on your way to go figure it out on your own until your next visit. I'm talking about the kind of expert guidance that walks alongside you during every step of the process. You you end up spending so much time Googling and reading and watching random videos. You guys are literally, it's like treading water. You'll feel like you're drowning if you don't have someone there to help give you like a floaty and then teach you how to swim. And let me tell you, you may think that your neurologist is the expert in chronic pain. You may think that your surgeon is the expert or that your rheumatologist is the expert in chronic pain. And I can totally see why you would think that. And, and you know, listen, I totally, I get it. I You put a lot of trust in your doctors and you should because they did a lot of education. They did a lot of training to be able to do what they do. They know a lot. But what I can tell you is, Even the neurologists and the surgeons and the pain management doctors and rheumatologists don't have this kind of expert understanding of how to address address chronic pain from a nervous system perspective. Now, I know that sounds a little bit crazy. Like, why wouldn't my neurologist know about this stuff? Why wouldn't my neurologist know about the nervous system? But what you need to think about is they are medical doctors. 
which means that even though they specialized in the nervous system and the nerves, they have a medical solutions. They don't have the education and training or resources or capability to teach you what you can do to address your nervous system naturally. And let me tell you, more than 80% of medical schools have zero formal pain education in their curriculum. And those, the schools that do, have a requirement of less than five hours of that kind of pain education. And so let me tell you, as a chronic pain specialist, I can tell you that this isn't, isn't the kind of thing that you can learn and become an expert in, in five hours or less, in one or two elective lectures, right? If you, if you try to ask your doctor about nervous system retraining, they won't be able to answer your questions. But that being said, you really do need an expert. Of course, you'd like to do, to, to go it alone and try to figure this all out without an expert, without having somebody to walk you through it. So many of us are taught that we need to be able to try to figure this all out on our own without having anybody asking for anyone's help. As people pleasers, right? It's hard for us to ask for help and get support. But here's why you need an expert because you can't see your own blind spots. You don't know what you don't know. You can't check your own understanding. You aren't always going to be able to identify the self-limiting false beliefs that you have that are holding you back. You won't know when you need to modify the plan or how to personalize the, the approach to fit your unique plan and your pain and your lifestyle and your goals. And you know what? You want to know why you need an expert? Because if this was something that you could figure out just by watching some YouTube videos that demonstrate a few different drills, wouldn't you be better by now? If this was something that you'd have under control after reading a book, wouldn't you be better by now? If this was something that you could fix after kind of going through that curable app, wouldn't you be better by now? There's a reason why the self-help books and the apps and the YouTube videos aren't helping because they don't help you really dig in deeper. They don't provide you with the specific personalized attention that you need and you deserve to customize this pain care journey for you. You guys tell me all the time how you're tired of these cookie cutter care kind of from the physical therapist or the pain management doctors. And you know that you are not cookie cutter, like you are unique, your pain is complicated. And yet somehow we believe that DIYing this process with these generic YouTube videos and generalized books or an AI smartphone app, that it's going to provide that kind of personalized care that you really need. It's just not, you guys, it's just not. It's, it's more of the same generalized information, gen generic tactics and the cookie cutter recommendations. There's no expert guidance and that's why it's not working. Having that benefit of working with a professional alongside you will not only bolster your knowledge base, but it will, it will give you a sense of commitment and accountability. So think about it. How much more successful do you think you could be with sticking to a plan and consistently implementing the steps if you had an expert to walk alongside you? This is so freaking important because oftentimes when you don't have this in peace in place, you start to view your setbacks as failures. And so you need an expert to help you learn to look at your setbacks, not as failures, but as learning opportunities. Having an expert will help you learn from every flare up and every roadblock and every setback so you can figure out how to avoid from it, uh, how to avoid ha it happening again and help you learn more about your pain and what your body needs and how you can predict and prevent this from situation from happening again. 
right? Without this key essential of expert guidance, people end up giving up too quickly. They encounter a setback or something doesn't work out the way that they thought it should the first time. They try something once and then it doesn't go well. And so they give up and move on and they throw the towel in and they say, you know what? Oh, well, it didn't work for me. This is one way to make sure that you never move forward. This is really toxic cycle because it actually leads to learned helplessness, which is where you start to feel more and more powerless after repeatedly trying and failing. Again, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I've had to have this kind of conversation with frequently with my clients, and that is to get them focused on the plan and stop researching and stop investigating these other things because it's a huge waste of their time. It's just distracting from them, them from the program that's laid out in front of them. But without that kind of coaching and guidance, someone calling them out and telling them this is what's happening, you're setting yourself back, you're dragging your feet. Without having that expert guidance from someone who knows that this is a common problem, they may never get past that. So I have to coach my clients all the time through their fears and their perfectionisms and their people-pleasing behaviors and their boundaries and this all-or-nothing way of thinking. I'm constantly having to call my clients out and, and show them that these behaviors and these beliefs are holding them back. And we constantly have to work through these things to help them stay on track. And this is the thing I want you to realize, those fears and the perfectionism and the all or nothing mindset, those types of things never go away. They will always be there. The fears will always be there. You'll always be having to deal with the all or nothing mindset. It's just the way it is, right? Those things always come up and, the, and anytime they come up, they can derail your progress. They can derail your success. And that's why having a coach or someone who is an expert in chronic pain is so important because you're not always going to know what's happening when it's happening necessarily, right? You're not always going to catch yourself and go, oh, you know, I realized that this fear is holding me back and then instantly really know what to do about it. And even if you could recognize what's happening, you're not necessarily going to know what to do about it. So working with that expert is a vital piece of this puzzle, right? So hopefully you can see how important that is. So yes, you do need this element of expert guidance to be chronic pain. All right. Now for the fifth element of success, the fifth thing that you need to be chronic pain is the element of community. Because from what I've seen, one of the hardest parts about chronic pain is that no one understands what it's like. And it's so incredibly lonely and isolating. I did a whole episode on this podcast about how isolating pain is, and it's called hiding the pain behind the mask, where I described how people with chronic pain ended up developing, you end up developing this mask as a means of coping with pain, because we need to feel connected to those around us. So we put on this mask to try to fit in. And so it's not that people with chronic pain are faking being sick, they're faking being well. It's a coping mechanism. So they feel, so they can feel even just a little bit more normal and a little bit more connected to those around them. But when we do that, when we're trying to, when we're, we're trying to fit ourselves into a different box, we're trying to play by the rules of the world, the rules like no pain, no gain, or pain is weakness leaving the body, but chronic pain has a different set of rules. So when you have pain and you put on this mask and pretending every day that things are okay, you push through the pain as a means to try to fit into this cookie cutter box that our society tells us we need to fit into. So the mask is a means to try to fit in. But at the same time, the mask could be holding you back from healing. 
right? You're pretending to fit in, but you're never actually fitting in because humans, we are, we are community creatures. We, we are meant to live in community. We thrive in community. We need connection. We need to feel understood. We need to feel like we're part of this greater whole and we're not faking it to fit in. That is why having a community of supporters around you is incredibly important. It is so much harder to feel like you're the only one going through this, to feel like no one understands and no one gets it. Not even your family, not even your partner, not even your doctors understand what you're going through. But could you imagine what it would be like to have a community around you that actually understood what you were going through? Could you imagine what it would be like to have people in your world who get it and share the struggles that you're having with you and are on the same healing journey as you? Could you imagine being able to share things that you know you have worked for you and not worked for you and with people who, who are struggling in the same ways where you can kind of cheer each other on and provide encouragement through the tough moments and celebrate wins as well, right? This is the kind of community that is vital to your recovery. Like imagine how healing it would feel to be truly seen and understood, how welcoming and restorative it would feel to have that kind of community that fosters healing by supporting you where you are at, instead of telling you that it's not that bad or telling you that it's all in your head, where you're constantly having to fight to hide your pain and your symptoms and put on this mask and constantly push through pain and run yourself dry right? Human beings are community creatures. We thrive in community. We were not meant to exist in these solitary boxes and struggle alone. So that is why community is a necessary element for success. That is why community is one of the five essential elements you need to beat stubborn pain. Now, I've just shared with you these five essential elements that you need to beat stubborn pain. And again, I can tell you that in order to beat stubborn pain, you need all five of these elements. And I can say that this, because I've developed pain programs across the U.S., including one for the U.S. Army, and I've seen what works and what doesn't work. I've seen people get too caught up in the details and the tactics and fail because they don't have a plan. I've seen people struggle to make it without the support and the guidance that they really need to thrive through working with an expert and through being in community that fosters growth and healing. I've seen people try to implement retraining drills and exercises without these other pieces in place and they give up too quickly and they claim that they've tried it and it didn't work for them. And I've seen people try to put things into practice without ever really fully understanding the nature of the problem by gaining a deeper understanding of pain and the biology of pain and the role of the nervous system only to give up because they don't have the perspective that empowers them to take inspired action. So in order for anyone to beat stubborn pain, all of these elements are the foundational pieces that you need to be successful. Now, let's take a minute and just zoom back out and look at all five of these elements. Those five elements, one more time, are number one, gaining a deeper understanding of the biology of pain and the role of the nervous system plays in pain problem. Number two, a consistent daily practice of nervous system retraining drills and strategies. Number three, a step-by-step adaptable plan. Number four, expert guidance. And number five, community. Now, what I want you to think about for a second, which of these do you think you'd be actually able to find in the healthcare system? And which of these things can you expect to find in the medical system? And really think about that. You might might be able to find one or two of those elements by themselves, but it's never enough, is it? And it sucks. 
Because the truth is these elements for success are the exact things that seem to be lacking in our healthcare system. That's because it's a sick care system that's not designed to help people help themselves and support them with natural pain management solutions. And that is exactly why I got out of the clinic in the healthcare industry, because there was way too much insurance red tape and professional restrictions preventing me from providing these elements that people needed to be successful. So now before I wrap up today, I want to ask you one more question, one more thing to think about. Taking another look at those five key elements, if you had to grade each of those elements and rate each element of your pain care from one to 10 for each of these elements, what would your scores be? So what I mean by that is looking at the first essential on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate your understanding of the biology of pain and the role the nervous system plays in pain? Looking at the second essential on a scale from one to 10, how would you score for consistently implementing a daily practice of nervous system retraining drills and strategies? Looking at the third essential on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate the quality and adaptability of your pain care plan? plan? Do you even have a plan, right? Looking at the fourth essential on a scale from one to 10, how much experts guidance are you getting in your pain care? And then looking at the fifth essential, on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate your community in its ability to foster healing? The reason I want you to do this exercise isn't because I want you to beat yourself up and make you feel bad about yourself. The reason I want you to do this is because I want you to see that there is so much room for improvement. Because if you scored with a bunch, if you gave yourself a bunch of ones on that scale, could you imagine how much more you could improve if you changed all of those ones to tens? How much better could things get if you changed everything on those, all, all of your ratings to tens? I want you to realize how important these elements are. And I hope to help you see how common it is that we tell ourselves we don't need these elements. And if you're doing that right now, I get it. You know, I know that because I've done that myself. I've tried to do things the hard way and try to figure things out myself the hard way all on my own because, you know, I tell myself I'm smart, I'm resourceful. Because I don't want to involve other people. You know, I could tell myself, you know, that I don't need support. I don't need community. I don't need guidance. I tell myself that I just need the tactics and I'll figure out the plan as I go. But all that does is prolong the process and it leads to setbacks and failure and frustration and overwhelm. Now, of course, these are five key elements that I built into my program, the chronic pain breakup method. And if you want to skip over all that trial and error and the paralyzing overwhelm, I would encourage you to check out this program, okay? It's a proven method that will get you feeling better and help you rec reclaim your quality of life and will save you so much time and heartache in the process. So that being said, don't forget to apply for the scholarship. The deadline to apply is Sunday, March 19th, 2023 at 11 p.m. Pacific time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would appreciate it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes and that's it for this time. Until the next one. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you want to take this relationship to the next level, you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private Facebook group, Battling Chronic Pain with Neuroscience, where these episodes are actually recorded live. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Pain Crusader. Thanks again for listening and never stop learning.